to The Gather Podcast with me, Deanne. And today's episode, we'll be delving into the depths of pleasure, or what pleasure means to you. How do you seek, enjoy, and thrive on living a life in pleasure? And I'm delighted to be joined by the only person that it could be, Katie Moore. Now, Katie and I have crossed paths over the years through the world of yoga. Katie's also a trained yoga teacher. And um, probably around a year or so ago, I realized quite a significant change in what she was posting. Now, Katie was talking quite a lot about sex and embodiment and touching herself and enjoying pleasure and self-pleasure and vulvas versus vaginas and sex education and to be honest my initial response was what has happened in her relationship with her what I thought was partner um and I was intrigued by her and I kept seeing more and more posts and um I asked her if she would like to meet for a coffee um, because I was intrigued and I wanted to know more and we met and we could have stayed there for hours. We had such a great conversation and I asked her outright, you know, what was going on with her partner and she was like, no, babe, we are very, very much together. I thought either this was almost that she was sharing quite a lot of content to get back at her partner, either that or she was having the best sex of her life. She confirmed it was the latter. And in turn, she has done a lot of deep work, which she'll share with you in the rest of the podcast. But she is living a life of presence, of pleasure, of pure indulgence, and it suits her. And she is dedicating her work and her life's work to helping others um, harness their pleasure, their enjoyment, and make the most of life. And I... um, I can't say any more than that. I'm just really, really delighted to be chatting to her. And I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I have enjoyed recording it. So Katie marries the dirty with the divine to educate and empower vulva owners from across the world to come home to their bodies and reclaim the power of soulful sexuality. Now, her mission is to break the rules, to spill the taboo tea, to rewrite societal norms around sexuality so that you can unapologetically live an embodied, empowered and erotic life. Now, what an introduction. Katie, welcome to the Gather podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Hearing it back, I'm like, oh, is that me? <laughs> it's, it's pretty amazing, to be honest. And it's exactly what you do. I mean, it's spot on, isn't it? It's you in a tea. <laughs> mm, the pleasure witch that I am. The pleasure witch. <laughs> I absolutely love it. And obviously, this is leading on from our in person event that we had um, discussing pleasure. Now, we did have a couple of other guests, obviously, at that event, and I wanted to invite you personally onto this podcast because I have never had a gather event sell out so quickly 
at all before. <laughs> um, and then I, yeah, when I kind of posted that Katie, the Katie Moore was coming to join us, um, kind of the ladies of Brighton and Hove kind of scurried out. You're almost like this kind of sexy pied piper that everybody <laughs> is so intrigued about. <laughs> Oh my goodness, I might use that in my Instagram bio. Use it, babe. That that an erotic witch and sexy pie piper. <laughs> and you basically, for anybody that doesn't know you, doesn't know your work, hasn't kind of seen you or been a part of your wonderful magical energy, you are walking pleasure. <laughs> you are pleasure mm-hmm. in a nutshell. Um, the way you talk, the way you describe things, I've noticed this crinkle in your nose when you're talking about pleasure. Um, you have you have kind of dedicated your life to working with, enjoying and um, holding space for others to kind of really also enjoy pleasure. And I'm just kind of intrigued what made you, you know, what were you doing before this? You know, what was your life like before you found your calling? Mm. Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, this year alone for me has been the deepest, darkest, most delicious death initiation. (laughs) I'm not even the woman I was two weeks ago, let alone two months ago or two years ago when I really began. But I mean, the relationship that you have with your body and the relationship that you have with your sexuality is a direct mirror of the relationship that you have with life. And up until my mid twenties, I was living groundhog day with the repeated rituals of neglect, rejection, and disregard for my body. I just felt so disconnected from my body, from intimacy, and not just intimacy within the bedroom or with a lover, just intimacy with myself, intimacy into me, I see, and pleasure. And that's not just sexual pleasure. You know, pleasure is is such a spectrum, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but I was literally just surviving. I was soul deep in exhaustion. I was completely depleted of stillness, of pleasure and joy, like worlds away from the spaces and the places and the community that I was really desperately craving to root down in. My nervous system was in absolute overdrive and I was living in a constant state of anxiety and both my adrenals and my hormones were quite frankly fucked. (laughs) I felt so unsafe in my body and therefore with lovers and with partners that I was really unable to experience the fullness of pleasure, of healing, of life that was really truly available for me. I mean, I would refuse to nourish my body with delicious food I would starve myself of desire and I'd punish myself for embodying pleasure because I didn't feel worthy enough to receive it. And instead I would seek external stimulants. I would seek drama. I would seek adrenaline. I had to keep amping everything up to achieve any kind of sensation, let alone embody pleasure. And I was really addicted to the rush that I could actually feel something in my numb body. And the lack of respect for myself was clear in the dismissal of my body's boundaries, you know, shoving all sorts of things inside of my vagina from a a finger to a tampon to weekly unconscious lovers without getting consent. 
And this really was creating further emotional, spiritual, and physical shutdown on top of the sexual trauma that I'd already embodied as a, as a young teen. Every morning I would, I'd wake up and I'd look in the mirror and see nothing but inadequacy. I would poke and I would prod at myself, including my vulva, and just see how surgery or diet pills and lotions and potions could make me less different and more desirable. And I spent my days in this search looking for this magic cure that could fix me. I hid behind baggy clothes, fake masks and lights off during sex because I couldn't actually face seeing my body, let alone loving it. And I looked for love between the sheets at the bottom of a bottle and with the final mouthful of a a food binge and an even bigger purge. And I knew that if I just kept forcing, if I kept chasing, if I kept ignoring this gut-wrenching pain, that eventually I'd be able to find it. But little did I know that it was with me all along, waiting to be discovered. And all it took was just one single moment, crying in the shower after yet another shitty sexual experience that the penny really finally dropped. And I knew that if I really wanted to experience a new way of being in my body and to live a life that turned me the fuck on, I was the only one who could make that happen. I had nothing left to give and I had nothing left to lose. And I made a vow to myself on the bathroom floor that day that I was never going to abandon myself again. And fast forward six or so years, (laughs) daily devotion, embodying a lot of pleasure unapologetically. (laughs) I've really become the woman that I needed when I was four, when I was 14, and when I was 24. So yeah, that's how I got here. (laughs) I've literally just got goosebumps just all over my body listening to this. Like I love the outcome. And I love that you had this moment, you know, this kind of catalyst, this pivotal moment to wanting more and realizing that you deserved more. But you have talked about someone and you the way that you talk, that's that probably still happens to so many people, right? This is common. Mm. This is a common occurrence that people have never had that moment, have never sat in the shower and gone, I want, I need, I deserve more. And people are still fucking with the lights off, shoving Mm. drinks into their body, shoving whatever else they can, like not even ever once, even considering that they could explore themselves, get to know themselves, love themselves, so they could then let someone else be kind to them and love them and they could actually receive pleasure. Like this just, Mm. it makes me so sad because I know this, this is so common, right? And the work you do is so beneficial and so groundbreaking for the people that take the step to want to know more. And that's mm. kind of all part of it, right, is is making that massive kind of pivotal change to go, do you know what, actually, I'm going to delve into this. And this isn't obviously just a, an overnight thing, right? This is a hell of a lot of work, internal work, 
um, self-work, you know, this is is massive, right? Mm. It's really, it's a lifelong journey. And when you start, you just start to peel back the layers. And, you know, I've been doing this now for six years. Mm. And this year for me has been like the deepest and darkest um, unraveling, unlearning, unbecoming to really remember my wholeness. And, you know, I work with vulva owners, with women, and from my own personal experience, it's like we look in the mirror and this relationship that we have with our body. And there's this voice that tells you that you need to change your body in some way to be more lovable, to be more worthy or desirable. And the thing is, is that that's not your voice. (laughs) This is the voice of the media who glamorize being skinny, malnourished, and starved of pleasure. This is a voice of the $76.2 billion diet industry won by white cis men who get rich off of women's insecurities ingrained into their psyches by them. It's all <laughs> this about is... the aesthetic, right? It's all about the mm. external rather than the internal. It's what you look like rather than mm. how it feels and how you feel. I mean, people could look amazing because they spent all this time in the gym and their insides and their self-esteem and their confidence is just shot to shit. Mm, this is also the you know the voice of a little child who wanted to be who they were, eat what they wanted, and wear what they liked um, to experience endless joy and pleasure, but weren't allowed to because their parents projected their own wounds onto them. Mm. It's the voice of misogyny that tells you that your worth is based on the way that you look. I mean, it's like no one's going to take a woman who is voluptuous, orgasmic, and fucking magnetic seriously let alone, you know, want to marry them or have children with them. I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. It's the voice of the patriarchy that you need to be smaller and take up less space, you know, not only physically, but in your authentic expression and your magic. So if you're listening to this right now and you can relate to my story, even in the smallest of ways, like, please let me tell you right now that you do not need lotions, potions, filters, diets, or surgeries to fix you. You are whole as you are, and you need to be well-nourished and well-fucked back into remembrance of your wholeness. (laughs) Amen to that. (laughs) Yeah, baby. (laughs) I'm just keen to to just go back to that moment in the shower. What, What do you think it was that, you know, what came to you? Why then? Why you've had enough of, of past experiences, which you did touch on a little bit just previous to this and and also in the in real life event you you touched on a very traumatic upbringing what was that turning but why did that turning point come about then and what what did you do from that moment what did you start doing and how did you make a change so specifically I I had met a guy in London and we'd been dating for about four or five months And I'd go up to London. At the time, I was running a property company on the Isle of Wight, which I took over when I was in my very early 20s. And I was really on this, priding myself of being a woman in a man's world. And it's, we live in this strange society that I'm really doing my best to advocate to unravel from. But you can either be 
like a man or be liked by a man. Mm. And I'd really grown up in with a, a single mother in a household um, where she ran her own business. She was very successful, but also it was very much this unhealthy feminine. Um, and really, I, I this year have seen more than ever that I have really massively been shaped by my upbringing and, and my early formative years, especially between the ages of naught and seven, when we are, we're really growing it becomes this subconscious printout well, the printout to our subconscious in later, later years. And yeah. And it becomes our foundation, you know, our root chakra, um, safety, stability. I've noticed that for example, a lot of people, pleasure and money are linked Mm. and also linked to the the mother wound, which is something I've been personally unraveling for a long time. I, I, I'm, (laughs) I laugh with my therapist because I'm, I have a lot of Scorpio in my chart and currently we're in Scorpio season and I'm also a Taurus and we have the Taurus eclipse too, (laughs) but it's, um, yeah, death and rebirth is kind of, is kind of where I thrive. (laughs) It's kind of like this deep, delicious space that I, I seem to find myself in and I'd had those patterns throughout my entire life, but I wasn't conscious of them. And I was playing out many, many stories that I had learned from my parents, from my childhood, especially around um, relationships. And I would go up to Friday, I go up to London on a Friday 7 p.m. I'd meet this guy. We'd have drinks. We'd have dinner. We'd have great sex. I'd wake up. I'd leave on Saturday morning at 9 a.m. because he was going off to spend the weekend with his friends. Then I wouldn't hear from him for like three or four days after until about Wednesday when he would want to see me again on the Friday. And I had so little self-worth. I had so little self-respect. I barely even liked myself, let alone loved myself, that I allowed him to treat me this way. And I had no boundaries of my own. Therefore, you know, people could trample their way through them because I wasn't able to withhold them or withstand them. And the thing is with boundaries, it's such an interesting one because you tend to get very angry when people overstep your boundaries. But anger is a child emotion. So it tends to be from a childhood rather like your inner child feeling rather than a grown, like as a sovereign woman, um, that's more rage. Rage is like an adult emotion, but it's not that you're angry with them. It's that you're angry with yourself. And it just became this elixir of, of alcohol, of unconscious sex in more than one way of, you know, trying to find my happiness with food and with overworking and my self-worth always proving myself. I had narcissistic parents. Um, and my Lex has just gone off. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, babe. Um, uh, mm. so this elixir of not having any boundaries of myself and narcissistic parents and needing to strive for success and people pleasing that just came this default setting of mind that allowed me to abandon myself time and time again. And it just took, we went, I remember he took me away 
to Cambridge for a weekend because I said to him the previous week, like, I'm done. Like, you're not treating me right. And then he began to step up to the mark. And he took me to Cambridge and he made a joke to someone. He was outside having a cigarette and I heard him say to someone, I don't even want to look at her after sex, let alone touch her. And that for me, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) and I just like, right, like even now, I mean, I've done a lot of work around it and, and this person in particular, but it was just this moment of, do you know what? Fuck you. Fuck and you. fuck this. Like, I'm done. Because actually, I'm sick of my own shit. Because really, the biggest key to empowerment is radical self-responsibility. Yeah. And it was that moment that I was just like, oh my goodness, I felt so worthless. I felt like I wasn't enough. That I just broke down and knew that I wanted more and it was okay for me to want more. That was allowed. And that I was, you know, we read about in fairy tales, this knight in shining armor, but that knight is you and you are the only one that is going to save yourself. So in that moment, crying on the bathroom floor, I had just had enough. And it's so interesting because the beautiful thing about rock bottom is that there's nowhere else you could go but up. And it was really that moment of saying, I want change, I want change, but continuing to drink, continuing to have sex with, you know, all sorts of people, putting myself in all sorts of situations because really deep down, I didn't actually want to change. I didn't really think I needed to change. And it just take, I, I can't tell you how, but I, it's just one moment and you just know in your body, you can feel it in your entire being like, fuck this, I'm done. And it's, and it's you that can make that change, right? And it's so scary because it take, you have to take self-responsibility for everything that you've done and everything that's to come, but it is so fucking liberating mm. to really own your shit because we are human we have flaws, we fuck up, we say the wrong thing, we go back to an ex, we eat, you know, one too many cookies in inverted commas, you know, we skip the gym, like, fucking great, That's make you, that makes you who you are, like, own it. Mm. And all of that energy that you're spending, you know, beating yourself up or being in your head about it, how, how about just enjoy it? How about when you have that extra cookie that you savor every single mouthful or when you skip the gym and you lie in, revel in being in your sheets, feeling them against your skin, you know, waking up and making yourself a breakfast instead and listening to your favorite song and allowing the music to move through you. Mm. And one of this big part of this journey is, yes, you know, a lot of the time I, I can talk about sexual pleasure that pleasure is anything that makes you feel alive. And it is your birthright to experience pleasure. And there is an abundance of it. Your body is the portal to pleasure. So that is why this work is so important, coming back to your body, to your sacred temple. And the irony of of sexual healing and sexual awakening is that most of the time it's not very sexual. It is deep. There's a lot of work there. There's a lot of unraveling and it's, but it's, it's the 
best journey that you can ever go on. And allowing yourself to experience pleasure is an act of rebellion. You know, we are conditioned to live this linear life, right? And it's and it's that. It's go to the gym, you do your early morning class, you eat this, you don't eat this, you do this, you go to work, you switch off from work, you put the TV on, you watch mind-numbing shit, you know, you live for the weekend, Friday comes, it's in the pub, making the most of it, Saturday's a hangover, it's a bacon sandwich or whatever. I mean, obviously, this is a gross generalization, but, you know, you have this like linear life that is, is, is seemingly, you know, mapped out for you. And this is the way you should live your life. I very much live in complete opposite to that. I've never been employed in my entire life. I've always done my own thing. I've always been my own boss. I dance to the beat of my own drum, for better or worse. Obviously, there's highs and lows with with everything. But I very much, if I want something, I'll do it. If I don't, most of the time, I'm not going to do it. And, um, and, you know, I, there's, there's extremities to that and there's kind of like little things. And this is what I'm trying to do to encourage my little boy to live life in pleasure and savor the things, little things and enjoy experiences and make the most out of things and not needing to do something because you are told that you need to do something. And I know that you are very much, you know, pro non-linear life, um, And you talk quite a lot uh, on social media about just, you know, the sun's out, sitting in your beautiful window. I mean, your flat looks amazing. Sitting in your beautiful window Mm. and, you know, rubbing your skin and just enjoying the touch and the warmth of the sun on your skin. And most people would be like, oh, it's 9 a.m., logging on, doing my thing. And you are very much the opposite. And, you know, I'm drawn to you and I'm drawn to people like this anyway. It's kind of life rebels. And just doing things because it feels good and because you can and because life is too short. And we talked again about, about this is say something massive happens in your life. You are given X amount of time to live or you have awful news and you lose someone. And then, you know, there's almost this kind of massive pivotal life point where you go, fuck this. I'm not going to go and do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do X, Y, Z. I'm going to live my life doing all the things I want to do. But it shouldn't be that we wait until something like that to happen, should it? You know, it should be that we Mm -hmm. just feel, we don't feel the guilt in going, like I just did pre this podcast. I had some chocolates left from last night's event and I just finished the box. (laughs) I literally just finished the box. I had about 10 chocolates. I do feel a bit sick, but I was just like, I'm going to eat these chocolates. (laughs) Mm. I don't do guilty pleasure. So I don't label my desires sinful or naughty or, you know, refer to myself as a bad girl for indulging. Right. I used to have to earn pleasure. I would have to punish myself or go without in order to be allowed to experience pleasure fully. And I'd have to justify why it was okay to embody pleasure in that moment, no matter how big or small it was, but it was always short lived and quickly followed by shame and judgment and criticism and self-loathing. And now I've really lovingly tended to and healed these parts of myself. And I consciously choose to listen to my body and luxuriate in it. 
So the warmth of salted dark chocolate melting on my tongue, like rippling pleasure through my body and I groan in delight or surrendering into mornings of having no alarm set and self-pleasuring instead of going to the gym or tending to my to-do list, you know, or spend hours lounging in bed in the afternoon like I did yesterday, simply (laughs) relaxing and being in my body because it's craving the space because these pleasures aren't in the slightest bit guilty. Mm. You know, even if it's referred to as playful, these are sacred. And that's why I really have come to a place in my life where I don't make myself wrong for this, Mm. even in the subtlest of ways. And I invite you today, if you're listening to this, to join me, you know, in this internal revolution as we stick our middle fingers up to the naysayers and we rejoice in reclaiming our pleasure to give yourself um, full unbridled permission to embody your desires without making yourself wrong for it. And to say, you know, goodbye to the bullshit conditioning that says there's a limit on pleasure in whatever way that means to you and instead revel in every single moment. That is where you reclaim your power. Mm. But also around this self-pleasure and sex, There's just, I know so many people that also wanted to come to the event, but Mm. didn't. And I think there's a reason um, people are, can I say scared? Scared Mm -hmm. to go there, scared to get to know themselves, scared to find the pleasure within them and themselves. People are scared to delve into it and almost feel like it's, you know, we're almost conditioned to think that that's naughty or bad or, you know, we think, you know, you see a lot of like porn and it's almost like it's it's bad. It's bad if you watch porn. It's bad if you self-pleasure. You know, you tell your friends that you've got some toys um, mm-hmm. sex toys and they look at you differently and it's just do you how do you react to this do you see this quite a lot or do you find yeah. quite a lot that it's almost quite taboo it's almost like this I kind of want to go there there's there's intrigue factor there but no I'm not going to do that no I'll um I'll just shut it down and I will just turn the lights off while I'm having sex and everything else yeah absolutely I mean most of the women not all and as, as I'm deepening my journey, the, the spaces that I hold are, are getting deeper. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's how we are conditioned. Mm. And it's the most beautiful self-discovery. And touching your body and exploring your body with nothing but curiosity and innocence is the most deeply healing experience that you will ever have. And if you desire, you know, mind-blowing sex, you're going to have to open up to life and all that comes with it. And it's fucking messy. And I also believe that a lot of people don't embody pleasure for, yes, the shame, the conditioning, all of these things. But also when you drop into your body because pleasure is experienced through the body. It is not had with the mind. You will not experience your greatest orgasm while thinking of your to-do list. 
or packing, you know, or what you're going to have for dinner or what the kids are going to be, you know, who's having the kids after school tomorrow. Like it's not going to happen. I'm telling you that now, like, I'm just going to save you years of fucking dissatisfied, dissatisfied, is that even a word? We're going to roll with it right now. It's not going to happen. It's not. So uh, in fact, I'll, I'll share a story. So I had a re- like really deep and intense sexual experience that really like blew me wide open. And it was honestly like the best way to describe it was the purest embodiment of the sacred dance between pleasure and pain, between the light and the dark, between embodiment and ascension. So I mentioned earlier that this year has been super intense for me. It's been the the ultimate death annihilation, death portal. And I've really been moving through the deepest layers of my healing today. And I was really called to turn inwards on a solo journey into my depths, literally to the depths of my soul. And it really left me with like little desire for anything other than to survive, let alone sexual pleasure. And it's literally like the all-consuming darkness, the earth-shattering pain, the sensation of having my heart torn out from my chest was so intense at times, it literally took my breath away. And I have faced so many initiations over the years, but this was literally like no other. But with each step that I took into the underworld, instead of forcing or controlling or manipulating, I simply surrendered. Now surrender to let go, to wave the white flag. Like what a beautifully divine word, a word that we should use every single chance we had, that we have. So I surrendered and received the medicine. I watched as, you know, clients projected onto me, broke their contracts and withheld payments. I watched as versions of myself that I thought were truth were set free. I watched as friendships that were built on shaky ground came crumbling down as though they were made from sand. You know, I watched as I was moving to LA became this hope of some some distant land. And I watched as a person I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with drifted further and further away from me. I mean, in reality, we were growing closer, but I watched as, as the life I'd always dreamt of, that I was so close to, I could literally almost taste it. And it was just disappearing in front of my very eyes. And the truth is that the depth of this death has given me the greater capacity to hold, to feel, to be, to embody, to release, to receive, and to really revel in my aliveness. And I'm really in this space now where I'm beginning to emerge from this death portal, from this void space, and like my eros for the everyday is returned. Like it's returning. Like I'm turned on by life in a way that I did not even know was possible. And I was making a coffee and my partner came into the kitchen and he spun me around and he just began to kiss me really firmly and tenderly. And he just gave me that look, like, I want you right here, right now, that smile. It's fucking irresistible. If you know the one I mean, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I can't even begin (laughs) to imagine some of the times that you guys have. I mean, I feel like you're both (laughs) exceedingly lucky. (laughs) But in that moment, it was like my whole body just opened up and it was like, I was literally just turned on simply by the thought of being turned on. Mm. 
And like, we began to like connect with one another and it began really, really slow because I was so caught up in my head and I was, I could sense this disconnect from the life force that was coursing through my body. So your sexual energy is your life force energy. It is the same energy that spins the planets and moves the ocean's tide. That is the energy that you hold, the power that you hold between your legs, right? So just remember that when you feel that shame or somebody tries to project their shit onto you, remember that you are made of what the stars are made of. Like that is your power. I was thinking about a podcast episode that I just recorded I was thinking about a retreat that I'm holding in Italy. Like, what time do I need to leave for an event like tonight? I was, I so wanted to be there, but in that moment, I just couldn't. And it was because it is easier to feel nothing than to feel everything. Mm. And in the moments of experiencing pleasure, all pleasure, but especially sexual pleasure, you have to be open and available to receive everything. So I gave myself this unbridled permission to go really slow. I took all expectation out of it. That is another key component when wanting to experience pleasure again and sexual pleasure. Because if you're limiting pleasure to just sexual pleasure, like you are missing out on so much and you are, it's a huge fucking disservice. So I moved, I breathed, I made noise, and I just melted into this spacious, the spaciousness. And the moment that I did, I was cracked open. And this huge orgasm rolled in like the waves crashing on the shore. My entire body shook. It's like I shifted states of consciousness and every single cell in my body was vibrating and all I could see were colors flowing through my chakras. Wow. And I couldn't do anything but feel it all. Mm. And there was this really distinct shift where my body went from this unadulterated pleasure to being flooded with pain. It was like everything that I had felt in the last seven months was coursing through my veins and the tears just began to stream down my face. And I just collapsed on the bed and held my heart and my partner held me. And one of my, the the most beautiful things that I love is just to be touched and to be stroked. And as a, as a woman, as a vulva owner, you have to feel safe in order to open up and receive. So safety, calming your nervous system, regulating your nervous system, becoming really relaxed and resourced, which is the foundations of the work that I do, really allow you to create these beautiful foundations that you're able to build upon and explore not only yourself, but intimacy with life. And in that moment, what was hard now felt soft. And what was once closed, now felt open, what was contracted, now felt expansive. And what was fear, what was once fear, and just now felt like this total surrender. It was ecstasy, it was grief, it was bliss, it was raw, it was fucking messy, it was wild, it was honest. And it was what it truly means to be human. And this is the power of sexual energy, right? This is the power that you hold within you. 
This is the power that you can tap into at any time. This is the power that will heal you from the inside out. And this power is your birthright. And how how has experiences like this, how has this year that you talk about, how has this changed your work and how you are working and what you are offering in group sessions, one-to-one sessions? Like, how has this changed for you? Oof. Yeah, so um, I'm still very much in the, the evolution and the rebirth of it all at the moment. And usually in that space can feel really scary because it's like your human wants to control everything around you to keep you safe. But this year has taught me that I have no control. Like I have control over my own, my own actions, you know, my own feelings and emotions and how I can hold myself through it all. But really externally, I have no control over that. So I'm just in this beautiful space of of infinite possibilities. And I really like, I go to my depths and I allow myself to go to my depths. And it's, it's honestly like, obviously first and foremost, like my healing is my priority for me personally. Mm. Like that is, that is my journey. Um, that is my Dharma. That is so why I'm supposed to be here. Um, but I go to my depths so that I'm able to meet you at yours. Yeah. And I've done online work before, group programs and things like that, and mentoring. However, I've decided to recently to take a step back from that. And that decision made no logical sense at all, like at all. Like I I work with incredible women from across the world. I, I love what I do, but I just realized that as I'm being reborn into this new season of my life, I have to let go of the things that are no longer in alignment with the woman that I am now. So the spaces that I hold are now going to be mostly in person. Um, And there is just this depth to in-person, in-person healing, in-person work. And this connection, this intimacy, this community, I'm so craving community. And like, I have an amazing community on Instagram and a non-Instagram community. Um, yeah, I want to talk about that actually, because mm, forever having to censor your stuff on Instagram, right? <laughs> and use kind of yeah. words for describing your work. And so tell me a bit more about this community that you've moved kind of off of, off of Instagram that you're building. Yeah, there's there are literally hundreds of women inside of it. It's it's incredible. Yeah. And it's it's I send out, you know, pretty much every week. I mean, I say that just because I'm really allowing the feminine to flow and more than ever. So like if I don't feel the call to share, like I don't share and that's okay. And that gives other people permission. I think changing the direction of where I've been going. Um I had so many people reach out being like, holy shit, this is a massive permission slip for me. And I don't do it for anybody else other than for me. Um, But yeah, I send out like pleasure rituals. It can be embodiment practices. It can be musings. You know, we talk about 
This week it's going to be like de-armoring practices. We talk about the cervix, squirting, kink, you know, even things that are softer like breast massage or healing experiences and, and playlists and just these beautiful things that, that are just there to be able to support you no matter what season of your life you're in. And I think, up. yeah, I'm up to this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, right, is that like, if we talk about pleasure outside of the sheets, we bring it outside of the shadows. So it's really about starting to talk about it amongst friends, amongst other women who are on similar journeys to you, or you come across and it's, it's, you know, sexual energy is how we all came into this world. You can't deny that. So it's just, I have to laugh now because there is just so much rage and there still comes up this rage, but it's like the most natural thing in the entire world. And I did, I do polls like on my Instagram, for example, I do like polls and questions. And I ask people like, what's your biggest fantasy for me right now? Like, exploring going to sex parties is like a really big turn on for me and something that I'm really open to exploring. And now if you had told me that six months ago or a year ago, I'd be like, no fucking way, like not a chance. But I just, I felt it. And in that moment, I just shared with the people on Instagram and I had so many people reach out to me and talk about it. And that's what my platform is. That's what this space is, is, is to spill the taboo tea, is to rewrite these social norms it's to allow you to really unapologetically live an empowered and embodied and erotic life. Like that's not like some tagline or some slogan. Like that's the fucking truth. That's the essence of what it is. And it's so hard in a world that we live in anyway. But then when it comes to being online, I am constantly censored. Like you have to type in my entire Instagram handle to find me. Um, yeah, I tried like, that actually. You do, yeah, yeah, because I'm censored because I talk about sexuality and and more than anything, I feel like I'm more of a sexuality and pleasure educator than mm. like. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I mean, Playboy have millions of millions of followers, for example, and they show breasts and vulvas, and that's okay. They're not censored, but me, as a person who wants to educate and empower people yeah. to really come home to their bodies. Um, and like awaken their sexuality, like that's not allowed, but it's just fucking classic. It's the fucking patriarchy. I mean, that's an entire episode <laughs> on it all by itself, but, um, but yeah, so that community and yeah, I'm, I'm, I have a retreat that I'm now I want to hosting. tell me more about this retreat. Mm, yeah. So I'm hosting a retreat called the temple in Italy. So it's going to be the first to the 7th of April, 2023. And it is literally seven days of sacred ceremony underneath the Italian sunshine. It's very much a place of coming together in daily ceremony and ritual to heal and learn and grow with and from one another. It is embodying pleasure freely and unapologetically it is early mornings walking with bare feet in the grass feeling the sensation of sun on your skin it is just a place to remember your wholeness to walk into the feminine mystery more than anything with others who are who are by your side and We'll be exploring oh, so many delicious things, but everything from 
you know, we'll do meditation, embodied movement, rebirthing breath work, energy healing. We'll be exploring breast massage and sacred sexuality, um, de-armoring just the most delicious embodiment practices to really fully support you in awakening your soulful sexuality, awakening who you are, like your truth and your essence. And by awakening, I don't necessarily mean ascension. I really mean by turning in and turning on. And that's what this journey is all about. It is coming home to your body to witness, to celebrate, to honor your magic and embody your own medicine. It sounds like absolute heaven. That is exactly what it's going to be. Again, I'm just signing up for everything. Um, and I will share details as well um, about this for everybody listening. But um, we are kind of coming to the end of the podcast, but I, I just want to delve into a little bit about your podcasts, Undressed, um, and kind of who you've been having in conversation and, yeah, who you've got coming up. Tell us more. Mm, oh, my goodness. I my podcast is like, it's, it's just kind of like taken off. It's crazy. So this really, isn't it? (laughs) Surprised. I know, but this really is a space where like, I marry like the dirty with the divine. Like I'm really here to educate and empower you to come home to your body and really reclaim the power of social sexuality. And this is the space where We spill the taboo tea on all things pleasure, intimacy, sex, healing, and absolutely everything in between. And it's really through undressed that you will start to unapologetically live like an embodied, empowered, and erotic life. And of course, the name speaks for itself. It is a (laughs) naked podcast. Amazing. (laughs) I said before we came on here, I was like, do I need to take my clothes off? <laughs> I know. No. Are you naked? Are you going to be naked for this one? I know. No, I'm wearing my my sexy uh, Thai standard <laughs> staple, <laughs> low cut shirt, which I love. Um, but yeah, the podcast has been amazing. Like mm-hmm. I've had Lydia Reeves, who is a Brighton based female body cast artist. She's amazing. We talk oh, all yeah. about vulva, vulva diversity, labiaplasty. I've had Cam Fraser, who's Australia's leading men's sex expert. When we talk about boundaries, we talk about consent, we talk about sexuality, and it's so incredible. Like we're at this really incredible pinnacle in society and in time where like we need to come together. Like, yeah, I'm all for like female empowerment. Like, as you can probably tell by listening to this, I am so here for that, right? But we as women or the feminine, I'm going to say we as women, that's better. That's actually what I really mean because the feminine is, let's not get into that. Anyway, um, (laughs) we as women are not going to rise by tearing down men. Like, that's not how this is going to work. We need to come together and have these difficult conversations to come together and share our lived experiences. And it was so humbling and healing to speak to a man who is so well-educated 
and is so experienced, especially with the opposite sex. It was just, yeah, it was exceptional. And then from that, I've I've had Julieta, Hormones and Harmony, which is all about our hormones and being cyclical and working with different seasons and how that affects our pleasure and our libido. Um, The Yoni nutritionist, everything to do with um, Yoni health, nutrition, STIs, really bringing down the barriers around STIs and the the stigma and the shame that we hold around them. Mm. Oh, and so many other wonderful people. Like, honestly, it's, there's about six or so episodes, I think at the moment. Um, and they come out like kind of irregularly, like every couple, every week or so, just because again, I'm just in that feminine flow. So I'll just wake up and be like, okay, cool. Today's the day. Yeah. And I love that. That feels really good for me where I am. Yeah. I'm really in that space of like this, this feminine flow and, Again, this work has really allowed me to like access these these deeper parts of myself, my intuition, my inner wisdom, my inner compass and my guidance. And I'm able to live from that space. So I live mostly <laughs> in, a, in a way that people don't understand because it doesn't make logical sense, but it, I feel it. And that is what I want everyone, really. I desire for everybody to live from that space that's, that's in full, full empowered alignment. Oh, you're amazing. I feel like I have so much more to ask for the podcast and also just personally. I'm like, oh my God, I want to ask you this. I want to ask you that. Um, <laughs> but I'm also just conscious of of time um, and people's listening time. But yeah, maybe we can do the sequel. <laughs> maybe we could do pleasure too at some point. Yeah, I'd um, love that. Absolutely. Oh gosh. Well, literally, Katie, you're amazing. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to to chat to me and to share so much. I will obviously share all the links to everything that you've got to mm-hmm. offer, you sexy Pied Piper. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing your face soon in real life. Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who has been listening. It's been a pleasure. And please feel free to come hang out on Instagram or send me a direct message or whatever it is. Um, I love to connect. So please, please do. Another influx of people coming into your community for sure. Me and myself included. (laughs) Lots of love. Thanks, darling. Lots of love. Bye, babe.